Joy McGowan. I'm Denisha Simpson. And And we are Resilient Resilient Black Black Women. Black woman gave us life, a black woman taught us to stand When she sat down in the front, a black woman defied the man When a black man rose up, it was a black woman that held his hand And gave him strength beyond themselves, something they could never understand Welcome back to the podcast, y'all. We are so excited to be here. Baby Mercy is not here today. (laughs) I'm so sad about that. (laughs) We're all sad. (laughs) Y'all, I was this close to bringing Baby Mercy, and I was like, maybe not. (laughs) But I'll, I'll bring her in another time. Um, we are so excited and I just wanted us to kind of go back to something that we normally do when we start our podcast. We kind of check in with our bodies just to make sure we practice for our listeners um, what it's like to just be really present with what's happening in you. And so if I was to check in with my body right now, I feel like <laughs> uh, my body is has a lot of energy <laughs> right now um, and it's kind of moving around a lot and I'm trying to find a space within myself to kind of calm and relax where are you at Denisha How are I you think feeling? I'm pretty close to that joy um as you can see I'm sweating yeah I've been <laughs> feel like I've been running a race um my body I'm sitting here trying to calm mm-hmm. um as we were able to chat a little bit before we started recording today I felt myself relaxing some and so mm-hmm. that's where I'm at right now yeah so then, listeners, we just invite you to to kind of check into your body for a moment as well and just figure out, like, where you are. What does your body need? What signals is it sending to you even right now? And just take a moment and just just breathe with us real quick. <laughs> and then we'll get into this episode today. Okay, guys. So we always want to give our listeners what they would like to hear. And so I heard from a few people that they wanted to hear us talk about how do we even get started with therapy? What's that process? It's kind of like the home buying process. Um, They said, like, where do I even go? Where do I start? And so we wanted um, to just take some time to kind of fill you guys in on that and what that's like. Yeah. So when we usually do this, when we talk to clients, like when we do speaking engagements and when people ask us this question, we kind of just run down the list. I kind of have people stop, um, start at a place called psychologytoday.com. Um, psychologytoday.com is a place where many therapists are can list their information on there. It's kind of like MySpace for therapists, basically. (laughs) Every therapist has their own little website and they put their information on there. The nice thing about psychologytoday.com, though, is when I get phone calls from people who live in other states, like I have friends and family who are saying, I'm trying to find a therapist, I tell them to go to Psychology Today Mm -hmm. because they vet the therapist to make sure that that therapist is actually licensed in the state that they live in. So Psychology Today will not put a therapist information on their website if that person doesn't have a valid license to be practicing in their state. So that's why I kind of like to start with psychology today. Um, Another place that's really good where I found my therapist here in Northwest Arkansas was therapyforblackgirls.com. So that is a website that is hosted by Dr. Joy. She is a therapist in Atlanta, Georgia. And um, she created a list of therapists that are all black women all over the states. And you should be able to enter in your zip code, um, what type of insurance you have, and what type of, um, 
like what do you what are you looking for to talk about in that therapist like what that therapist like the depression or anxiety and you can find somebody close to you so um i was able to find my therapist who's a black woman in northwest arkansas um by using therapy for black girls.com so if i have particularly if i have like black women or women of color or families of color looking for a therapist of color i will give them information about therapy for black girls.com um but also, Psychology Today also has a cool feature on there where you can type in African-American therapist. Like, if you're looking specifically for an African-American therapist, you type in, again, the type of therapist you want. Maybe you heard of a phrase called EMDR or you heard a particular therapy that you like, I know I need someone who does CBT. You know, you can type all of that in and Psychology Today will bring up therapists that match your search. You can also put in your insurance, your zip code, your city, and they will bring you up people who live really close to you. Psychology Today is also great because a lot of therapists on there have put on a video to explain who they are. So you get to like kind of meet them a little bit, um, check out their energy. Um, Some therapists also put a link to their personal website um, so you can ask more questions about them. Um, And then they tell you whether or not they have space. Um, Other places that you can look through is like your employer. So your employer may also have, um, like your HR rep may also have um, EAP, like an emergency assistance program where you can get therapeutic services. Like they may already work with an organization in your area where they pay for a number of services. Um, My favorite one to talk about is if you are a college student, Um, or a grad student, or even a PhD student. I have a friend who's a PhD student in Chicago, and her son died last year. And she told me that not only did her PhD program offer her 12 sessions, but it offered everyone in her family 12 sessions for counseling. And some of her family members did not live in Chicago. And so they found therapists who were ready for them in the state that they lived and offered them all 12 sessions. That's amazing. I was like, girl. (laughs) (laughs) So if you go to school somewhere, (laughs) ask all the questions. (laughs) Your school probably pays for you to have free session. I used to work at JBU, John Brown University up in Salem, and they offered their students eight sessions for free for the whole year. So you just, you just never know what your university already offers you. And then, you know, Denisha and I, we used to do school-based therapy. So if you have elementary kids who are looking for therapy, um, I do think that there was a lot of, like, positive things to have a therapist at the school mm-hmm. for kids who are already at school. You know, you don't have to check them out of class. Right. Like, you know, they don't miss the whole day of school because they have to go get therapy somewhere, mm-hmm. you know. And so so just think about that. If it's more convenient for your child to go see a therapist in school, there are tons of, like, people who provide in-school therapy. And I would say if you if you see a therapist, if you have a kid who does see a therapist outside of the school, I would just ask if that organization does make a call to your school, like, if they could come see your kid at your school. It's, it doesn't hurt to ask. They could just say, oh, no, I don't actually do that. I only see kids out of the office after four. Um, but some some places, like I know Easton Counseling Center, they do. Mm-hmm. They do go into the schools mm-hmm. and see people's um, kids um, at school. So just something um, else. And then what else will we add? Oh, there are churches. There are also a lot of churches that have 
a lot of programs where they have been connected to some of the other organizations like Christian or non-Christian um, organizations. I know that there are probably some churches that would even pay, like if you found a therapist somewhere else okay. and they may pay your out-of-pocket fee, you know, to go see a therapist. So I would say ask whomever you can. Um, and then the thing, I think the one thing that's really hard though when trying to, how to start therapy and trying to find a therapist is probably trying to call your own insurance company. So if you have insurance, to call the number on the back of your card and your insurance carrier could also say, hey, these are all the therapists that we know that will be covered by your plan. And then your insurance carrier can also tell you what your copay would be and all that type of stuff. Um, And then something that me and Lee were just talking about before you stepped in, Denisha, was what if you already found a good therapist and they may not take your insurance? Mm -hmm. So we talked about like... I've had some clients who insurance actually covered them out of network mm-hmm. and they would pay up to 50% mm-hmm. of their their fee. So if you don't get anything from this part, just call. Just right. call, ask around. Because mm-hmm. also, too, sometimes insurance co- companies will, if it's out of network, you pay out of pocket. But then if you send in your receipts, they, they will, will reimburse, reimburse you. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there mm-hmm. are uh, options out there. Yeah. And then if you have a therapist who there may be some therapists who are only cash pay, they don't take insurance at all. And so what that therapist would do, though, that therapist should inform you like, hey, I only do cash, but I can give you a super bill. I'll give you a basically a really big receipt that explains what was a service that they charged you for, how much did that service cost? And then you can take that super bill to your private insurance and see how much your private insurance will cover. Mm -hmm. So any therapist you go to who is fully licensed and um, even if they don't take insurance, they will know how to create a bill to make sure that your insurance company can see if they cover that service. Yeah. I can't, I think, I think that's, all of the, like just the practical ways of like where to go mm-hmm. to find someone. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then we can link, uh, we can link in the notes um, other organizations that are local mm-hmm. um, where you can find a therapist at. But I think, I think sometimes like those are really the questions people are trying to ask, not just like right. which organizations would you recommend, but like. Just like where do how do I go? How do I afford it? Right, because they put it in Google, and it seems mm-hmm. overwhelming. It's endless mm-hmm. the amounts of things and people you can go. Right. So then, the other thing though I liked about how you were telling me when you had some people ask you about um, how to get started with therapy, they were also not just saying like how do I get started with like finding a person, but what do I do once I get in the room? <laughs> right. Right. Like, am I going to have to lay on the couch and be hypnotized with some therapists? Maybe. Some people do that. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Like Joy and I can only talk about um, what we do. Mm -hmm. Um, I know for me personally, there's a process called informed consent. um, And that consists of forms that um, clients have to read carefully and initial and sign. And then usually in the first session, I start off with that because Within that, there's this thing called um, confidentiality and its exceptions. And so before anyone comes in and tells me their story, I really want them to know um, that I'm a mandated reporter and I have a code of ethics and what that means um, as it pertains to anything that they tell me. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we start there. 
I, I should have backed up. I think I need to back up because I feel like even before then, um, usually you can email or call. Like mm-hmm. we work at the Joshua Center. And so for us, people might email us or they might call the Joshua Center and say, hey, how do I get started with joy? Um And then our intake specialist will let you know how to reach out to us or they will reach out to us and give us your information. And so it's different um, everywhere. Yeah. But But I like what you I like that you started with the informed consent, though, Okay. because I think that's the part that I think is really important that clients know what are your rights and responsibilities Mm -hmm. when starting counseling and then what is the responsibility of the therapist to you Mm -hmm. and so that part should be really clear to you in that first session you should know Mm -hmm. like what is your therapist saying that like this is what I can do and this is what I cannot do right right? that is what that informed consent is, is all about so I love that that's where you you started and you brought up um so so that's that's kind of how your therapist may lead you first mm-hmm. there right your therapist will lead you in that first session and say hey you filled out a lot of paperwork before you got here and i want to check in do you have any questions about what you signed um they will probably almost always talk about <laughs> like when they're going to break confidentiality with mm-hmm. you like if you're a th- harm to hurt yourself, a threat to hurt yourself, or a threat to harm other people, or what Mm -hmm. uh, Denisha said, being a mandated reporter, like child abuse, elder abuse, we have to report those things with or without your consent, we automatically break confidentiality. And so oftentimes you'll see that, um, especially with suicidal clients in all of us, we all have like, you fill out an emergency contact. Um, so that if you are having troubles with suicidal thoughts, like we have someone that we can contact, that we can work with you to make sure that they know how to support you when you're not in the office with us. And then from there, I think normally what I see clients is they get stuck of, well, what do I say now? Now right. that Joy does her, did her little spiel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now what do I say? And I would say, and Denisha, just jump in um, and interrupt me whenever. But I would say, think about what's your end goal here? You're coming into therapy, maybe for the first time or maybe the second or third, whatever. That doesn't matter how often you've been, but you're coming into therapy. And what is the goal for you? What do you hope to get out of this space? Um, Oftentimes, I kind of try to help clients start that part off. But I may say, so some of my clients, they fill out a little questionnaire before they come into services and they can check off like a list of like things that they've been experiencing. And so most of the time clients check like all the buttons that's like I'm having mood swings I'm I feel like I can't sleep I'm really anxious I'm really sad they have like all oh, they check all the things mm-hmm. and when I see my clients do that I say hey I read your little bio before you got in and I noticed you clicked a lot of buttons and they're mm-hmm. like yeah I'm sorry I wasn't I, it was just it was I was just wanting to be honest and I was like hey that's great tell me what it feels like right now what feels most important to you today in this mm-hmm. moment now that you're here? And I feel like that kind of like helps people just kind of get centered and be like, okay, right now I'm just really blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So, so even just thinking like that, like you may have filled out a form and said maybe the chief complaint that you had before you got into that room, but just know that it's okay for you to just say what you felt right then in that moment when that therapist said, tell me why you're here today. Um, I think oftentimes I hear people say, I want to know, like, am I doing this right? Did I say the right thing? And I'm like, yeah, you showed up. <laughs> right. You're doing it just right. Yeah. And 
also too like when you come in as a client that's your space right Mm -hmm. um so there's nothing wrong that you can say um it's the therapist's job to kind of meet you in that space whether you feel like it's wrong whether you have guilt with what you said pain comes with what you say whatever that is it's the therapist's job to meet you right there in that space and sit with you in that and what I would add to that is thinking through uh, where do you most likely feel stuck? What are some repetitive cycles that you maybe find yourself getting stuck in like over and over again? Like y- you, I-, I wonder if the phrase is like, um, I feel like I've, I- I've learned this lesson before, but it keeps coming up <laughs> and I don't know why it keeps coming up. Um, that may be a good place to start of when you think about talking, what do I say? Um and so, so I, I think those are just really good, really good places to start. I don't, and also, I guess I really wanted to say this. I don't think that we all have to have any big T trauma no. in order to come to therapy. No, because you may get a client that says, oh, hey, you know what? I really don't know why I'm here, but I've been struggling with this lately. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, you're here and I'm glad you're here, right? Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about that and what that looks like for you in your everyday life or what that looks like for you in your story. So sometimes it might be like, I don't even know why I'm here, but I'm here. And we can yeah. go from there. Yeah, I don't even know why I'm here, but mm-hmm. I feel like I need to be here. Yes. I feel like I need to say something. Mm-hmm. I feel like I need to get something out. And if I had a client that came in like that, I would probably immediately try to help them figure out, like, what signals have your has your body been mm-hmm. been showing you? Yes. And so I think that kind of, that really jumps into our next question about when do I know that I should go? Um, we have a... We have a little, so when we talked about the rest episode, we talked about this like biopsychosocial spiritual model, right? Um, and we linked that little worksheet uh, in that rest episode. And y'all, that little worksheet is good for almost anything. <laughs> you just kind of <laughs> change out the thing that you want it to focus on. Um, but oftentimes, and I do like talks in the community or at churches about how do I know if my loved one should go to therapy? Um, I tell them to think about this, think about this model. So um, when your bio, psycho, social, spiritual self feels out of alignment, then maybe you should go. Maybe you have a little bit more that you need to talk about. So I think about um, things like toxic stress, tolerable stress, and positive stress. So positive stress is like a good stress. It only lasts for a short amount of time. Um, so like if I was, when I was learning to drive a car, I probably had some stress when I was 16 going to driver's ed. And, um, but I knew it was going to be over. It wasn't that really big of a deal. Maybe a little nervous, but I got through it. I learned the skills and it was done. Tolerable stress, you can think about being a college student and studying for a test, right? And you have like midterms coming up and then finals and like that's really, really stressful. It's really hard, but still it has kind of like an end date to it. It's going to be over soon. No big deal. We have problems when we get to toxic stress. Toxic stress typically feels as if it has no beginning and no end. Like it's really hard to determine when did this problem start? And then it's like, oh, I don't even know when this is going to end. But toxic stress is the one that we have to, 
usually it, it's what throws us out of alignment. It's what um, can make us feel off, like biologically, like we may not be eating or sleeping really well, may find ourselves skipping meals. We may find ourselves eating too much um, and not really knowing why, but always feeling like I need to eat, I need to hurry up and eat, right? Um, psychologically, if we have too much toxic stress for an ongoing period of time, I'm thinking IE COVID, um, psychologically, we may be having like negative thoughts about self being really self-critical about ourselves and even about others. We may find ourselves um, just like getting really, really hard on ourselves. Um, if I have too much toxic stress, you may find me either spending way too much time with people, but not having like deep, meaningful conversations and experiences with people. Or if I have too much toxic stress, then I am isolating. I'm alone. I'm like only caring about myself trying make to make sure that people don't see me maybe just doing the bare minimum like I go to work and and that's it if I don't have to go to work if I don't have to be anywhere then I'm just gonna stay inside all the time and then even spiritually you may have found yourself like questioning what you believe why you believe you may even be angry or mad at whatever deity you believe in you may have like lost faith in something right um toxic stress can just get us out of alignment in all those areas. And so I think that's one of the ways that we know how, like, maybe I should go talk to somebody. Maybe I need something else. What would you add to that, Denisha? Um, Joy, I think that you covered it um, very well and all the bases. Um, the only thing I would add to that is what going back to what you said about being in alignment with our bodies. Our body gives us those signals. So sometimes when you get those aches and pains or headaches and things like that. And you're, you might go and see your medical doctor and they're like, well, no diagnosis here. Mm -hmm. um, check in with your emotional health. Where are you at? Where's my stress level? Because that is all connected and tied together. So again, using that um, worksheet that Joy talked about, that's another resource to use to even check in for that. Like, how's my physical health? And is it maybe not a medical diagnosis, do I really need to go and do some emotional work? No, I love that you said that because oftentimes our emotional self will like hide itself in its in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And so like our our bodies keep Wait, that's that book, right? Our bodies keep the score. Right, yeah, it is. <laughs> like not just in, usually that book is usually referring to people who have um, experienced like rape mm -hmm. or something like that. But the reality is your body keeps the score all the time. Yes. Because um, like I know for me, when I am really stressed and overwhelmed, my eye twitches. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like when my eye starts to twitch, I'm like, ooh, hold up. Right. <laughs> Let me check in. <laughs> Let me slow down. <laughs> Let me take care of myself. Mm -hmm. Or I get really irritable. Mm -hmm. I'm like upset about everything. Yes. That makes no sense. <laughs> It's like, they my kids be like, Bob, why? Why are you yelling? Right. My husband be like, if you don't go sit down somewhere, if you don't go to Target, if you don't right. get out of here, like, I got this. We good. What's wrong with you? You not okay. I'm like, I'm fine. Yes. I'm not fine. That is so valid. Like, why is this TV so loud all of a sudden? Right? right? Like, any little thing. Yes. Right. But if I find that, that that starts happening more and more. Um, I always say other things to think about are if you become a danger to yourself, Self, if you start to feel disconnected from reality, 
if you find yourself feeling numb and, and like empty, um, and it's really hard for me to explain that, but I feel like people who, who know, who understand that phrase, they know exactly what that means. You feel numb, you feel empty, um, like green doesn't look like green anymore. Um, those are probably signs that your body is like, hey, we're not okay right now. Mm-hmm. And we can use a little extra support. Um, I love this question of what if I don't connect well with my therapist? What should I do? Well, that's the beauty of being the client having the power to shop around, right? And so it's just like with the medical doctor. You might go and see a doctor for um, a sprained ankle and you know that you didn't like their bedside manner and so you won't return and so you find another one. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is my new PCP. It's the same with the therapist. Um, That's part of the intake process. Like you get to see like – how does this resonate with me? How am I, how, how comfortable is my body feeling right now? What is going on for me right now? That's part of the intake process is seeing, is this a good fit? And even as a therapist, I bring that out and I say, Hey, you know, this is just an intake. You don't have to be married to me is the term Mm -hmm. I always use. Um, and I want you to be able to feel comfortable to share that with me. Um, and so I recommend that if, you feel something going off in your body, some signal, and it just doesn't feel right, then that's okay. Um, try to find another therapist. I think it's important for our listeners to know, too, that, like, as a therapist, like, I'm not offended right? if you don't mesh with me. Right. I think, I'm at, like, at some point, I even say to my clients at the beginning, like, I'm a big girl. I'm going to mm-hmm. be okay. And it's more important to me that you find someone who you feel safe with. And so I may even ask the, my clients like at the end of our session, what do you need to know about me mm-hmm. in order to feel safe in this space with right. me? Um, I may ask them, what do you what do you need from me? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I tell my clients to, hey, correct me, slow me down, right. interrupt yes. me, because I'm going to have to interrupt you right. in order to help you. Yes. I'm going to I'm gonna have to slow you down. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to interrupt you. I'm going to have to be like, hey, oh, we're doing that thing. Let's come back here. Let's focus right there. I want mm-hmm. you to really tell me what your body feels here in this moment, right? And so I give my clients that same permission to slow me down, mm-hmm. to correct me. Like, Joy, that's actually not how I feel. <laughs> and I'm right. like, okay, yeah, so help me. Yes. Help. And I tell them, like, I have to I have to get it right. Like, you create. And I don't, I don't, you know, I don't like to use the word critique, Denisha, no, that's right. I feel about that word. <laughs> but <laughs> my client telling me what they don't like or what didn't make them feel safe ultimately makes me a better therapist. Absolutely. Yeah. And if I have a client who can actually tell me when, when I misstepped mm-hmm. and I did it wrong, then that, that tells me that I did my job mm-hmm. because you felt safe enough to tell me the truth. Right, exactly. And that can also create a beautiful moment of repair that that yes. client may never have experienced before outside of the therapy room. Yes. Of someone taking accountability and being like, thank Ooh, you I'm for sorry. letting me know that. Yes. I am so sorry. Yes. I think about that when we used to, well, I'm speaking for you, like you don't still work with teens, <laughs> but you probably do still work with teens. <laughs> I remember when we used to do that, though, when we were doing school base, like I worked mm-hmm. with teens a lot. And being able to tell my teens to slow me down, correct me, 
and then having me apologize to them yes. and repair with them. Mm-hmm. Such a powerful moment yes. because they may not, especially if they were a teen who got in trouble all the time, right? Exactly. You always are seeing adults as the one who are like holding down the law, right. telling you what not to do and how to do it. And you come into a space and you have a lot more autonomy. Mm-hmm. You get to make some choices here. Um, That's huge. It makes it a lot more safer. Yeah, it does. So yeah, don't, I, I would really, I would just also want to encourage people, like, don't be, don't stop. Like, if you've been through one or two therapists, like, don't stop. There is a good match out there for you. Um, and I don't I don't think that therapy has the, um, is the only place where we can find healing. Mm-hmm. I think we find healing in a lot of different places and spaces, whether that's like church, community, um, family, like family relationships. Um, I guess I, I just we we don't have we don't we don't have all the answers in therapy right. either. Um, but it could be a tool to go alongside of whatever else you have. Right. And I know that's often what Denisha and I talk about too when we talk to our clients, like. Um, I don't want to be your only person. Like we right. can start off with it, you being me and maybe you saying like, I've only ever said this to you before, Joy. Like, mm-hmm. that's great. I'm really glad. I'm so glad to hold this for you. Um, but then I, I work a lot with my clients where having them tell me like, who's in your tribe? Mm-hmm. Who are your people? Right. Um, because they're, especially when I work with teens and kids, because I'm like, at the end of the day, I only see you probably three to four hours a month Mm -hmm. and you like live in your community (laughs) you live with your mom and daddy or you're you're at college like all the time right so Mm -hmm. um and i'm not on call so you can't call me after hours so you've got to have people outside of joy Mm -hmm. um so so yeah i just i just really hope that you if you've been through one therapist and you're like oh i'm kind of discouraged by that i hope that you as our listener like Try again. Ask ask questions of your therapist. Um, that's what they are there for. Right. Yes. <laughs> ask them questions. If you're not sure why they're doing a particular intervention, ask them why. Ask them, like, what is this supposed to help me with? How is this supposed to be supportive to me? Um, that's what's right. in your rights. And you also might experience a therapist that says, hey, um, this isn't my expertise, but mm-hmm. I know a very good colleague that I would like to refer you to. And that's not anything against you, not at all. Yes. What they are doing is helping you a lot by saying, hey, this isn't something that I, it might be outside of my expertise, but mm-hmm. I know someone that is going to take great care of you. Right. I, I love that you said mm-hmm. that and you reminded that. Our listeners said, like, if a therapist says that to you, they mm-hmm. it's not a personal thing that they right. don't want to work with you, but that they have a code of ethics mm-hmm. that says not to work beyond right. their skill set. Right. <laughs> and so it is a good self-awareness of the therapist mm-hmm. <laughs> to yes. say, hmm, I actually have not done any work with this particular issue right. <laughs> yes. professionally, and I should prefer. And I know that to some like, and I've done this too, where I've like referred clients out just for a few sessions to mm-hmm. someone who has like a special certification and a right. particular type of like, like I love EMDR, mm-hmm. but I'm not trained in EMDR, exactly. which is just a type of trauma therapy to help treat people who experience things like PTSD or depression or anxiety. And I don't have that particular training. So mm-hmm. I will tell my clients like, hey, go see my friend right. <laughs> who I love and trust for a couple of sessions and then come back to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that and that works. Or 
or like when I went on maternity leave and I had to ask Denisha to see my clients (laughs) while I was gone, (laughs) you know, and, Mm -hmm. and and then I had to tell them, I was like, but if you end up liking Denisha more than me, (laughs) I totally understand if you want to stay with her (laughs) because she's amazing. And my client's like, no, we're going to come back. I'm like, I'm I'm just saying Denisha's awesome too. So, (laughs) but like, those are other reasons that like a therapist may say, hey, let's pause or let me send you somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, But then how do you know when we're done? How do you know when you're done with therapy? How do we kind of like help have that conversation with our clients? Um, I feel like sometimes this one can be the most difficult to have Mm -hmm. um, because we love our clients and we care about our clients. And so sometimes it's hard to say, okay, you don't need me anymore. Like you're doing great, (laughs) you know, and um, but we always want to be mindful of that. I always tell my clients like, hey, I'm always going to be checking in with you. If Mm. and if I don't mention it first, please feel free to let me know. Like, Mm. hey, I feel like I I can breathe now. Um, My head is above the water. Mm. Um, That's great. Those are beautiful moments. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for me, it's always just a check in. Mm-hmm. and collaborating with the client. And mm-hmm. sometimes we are attuned, um, and then sometimes we're not. Sometimes clients feel like, okay, I can breathe. And so they go, and they're breathing, but then it was a little too soon, and so they yeah. have to come back, right? Yeah. Um, I love what you're saying, though, Denisha, because you're saying, like, sometimes I feel like, as a therapist, my client may need to stay a little bit longer. Yes. But because you, as the client, still have the right to choose Mm -hmm. when you're ready to start and stop, Denisha is not going to make you stay. Right. (laughs) Right? She's going to be like, all right, you know, Mm -hmm. like, well, call me if you need me, you know? And then if you need me, then Denisha's like, all right, let's get back in it, you Mm -hmm. know? Right? There's no shaming about that process. Denisha is just like, hey, like, this is okay, right? Mm-hmm. Like you did think that you were going to be okay, and right. and I want to support you in that. And then Denisha left it open and say, "Hey, but you know how to reach out. You know how to get in contact me, contact with me if you need me." Mm-hmm. I think Denisha also mentioned some really good things too about recognizing like when I'm done. Um, I think you go back to that bio, psycho, social, spiritual self. How do you feel? <laughs> what changes have you noticed? Like, have your symptoms decreased? Right. Like if you were going to fill out that little bio form again for me, will you check all the boxes or would you just check a few? Think about like, do you feel like I have what I need to manage the stress that may not have changed in my life? Right. Mm -hmm. Therapy is good for helping us reflect and fix things internally. But the reality is that me and Denisha are not changing the external world. COVID is still running around monkeypox, like all these things are mm-hmm. happening in our world that Denisha and I have no control over. So you have to ask your question, do I feel like I have enough to go back to whatever chaos may be around me? Mm-hmm. I like to help clients think through like habits and rhythms. Can Do I feel like I, I figured out my cycle? Do I feel like I figured out how to like interrupt the the cycle that I get caught up in myself? Mm-hmm. Um, have I learned anything about my emotions? Have, right. have I actually learned about like what does anger feel like in my body? Mm-hmm. What does anger cause me to want to do? Right. <laughs> you know, or or what what does sadness feel like in me? And and what does shame feel like? And disgust? Like, have I learned something about my emotions? Mm-hmm. Um, 
have I learned how to comfort and soothe myself in a way that is acceptable to me? Mm-hmm. So when, when we were going through that whole biopsychosocial thing, right, I mentioned like, you know, I may have a problem if I'm eating too much or eating too little. When I think about people eating too much or whatever, I just really think about you're trying to comfort yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm drinking too much or I'm partying too much, you, what, you're, you're looking for connection. Right. Right. So this is all about comfort and soothe and taking care of your body. And so therapy should help you look at the ways that you have already tried to comfort and soothe yourself. Or maybe that you are grieving the lack of that comfort that you didn't have maybe growing up, that nobody taught you how to comfort and soothe yourself. Maybe because they just didn't know how. They didn't know how to teach you. and They didn't know how to teach themselves. Nobody taught them. And so I would just say, think about that. Like, I am probably ready to discontinue services if I've learned some really good habits. I got into some really good rhythms. I know how to recognize emotion. Mm-hmm. I know how to soothe myself and comfort myself. And then I know that I can always come back. Right. And I know how to connect with others. I know how to connect with others. Or I have a safe other that I can yep. show all myself to, right? Like, yeah. I don't, I'm not cutting parts of myself off. Or even if it's not an other, it's something, something healthy yeah. that they can connect with. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love that, right? Because I, I think the reality is, like, you, you often hear that part of, like, cutting ourselves off. Um, like, you could think about, like, code switching or mm-hmm. um, how... Oftentimes it says, like, you know, sometimes black people are one way in front of, like, other mm-hmm. black folks and then another way in front of, like, when they have to be around white people mm-hmm. um, or non-black people, right? There's a certain way you have to carry yourself. Right. And mostly the fear is, who do I got get to be my whole self with? Right, right. Right? And so... Like with teenagers, I think that goal in working with adolescents is can I bring my whole self in front of my parents and feel like I'm not being judged or shamed and they'll accept me and love me. And they won't abandon me. Right. Like my parents won't just like be so mad at me and not Mm -hmm. love me because I'm not doing what they want me to do. Right. Right. Can Mm -hmm. I still be accepted? Right. So the social piece of having connection, having a tribe, having people who love and accept you period, all mm-hmm. of you. I think it allows you to be able to go back into spaces where you have to go into and still wear some armor. Right. And still be kind of covered, right? Absolutely. Right? But do I have at least one person, two people um, who can see all of joy? And if you right. can say yes, then great. Mm-hmm. That's good. That is that is a good start. And then I go back if I whenever I get out of alignment. Mm-hmm. I've just got to, right? Your car always needs a tune-up. Your, t- your right. car is going to have to get oil. <laughs> right, yeah. Right? You, we always have to go put gas in our car, mm-hmm. right? So That's so true. Listen for the signals that mm-hmm. your body and your brain naturally gives you. Yes. I, I mean, I think one of my favorite things from my, to hear my clients, because I do so much body work with my clients, and when I say body work, I just mean what Denise and I did at the beginning of this episode, right? Checking mm-hmm. in with our bodies. Um, when I hear my clients say, like, you know, I noticed my body do X, Y, and Z, and that's how I knew joy. That's how I knew I was starting to get really anxious. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yes, sis, <laughs> yes. And I'm like, I love that you always have me think about my body, you know. And mm-hmm. and at, at first they're like, this is really weird. <laughs> She's having me think my body <laughs> after every session. Like, why does joy do this? <laughs> like, that's so weird. But then when my clients tell me, I sat in a car and I just thanked my body. I'm like, yes, you did. 
Yes, you did thank your body because she has done so much work. So th- that's what I mean, y'all. Like, are there things that you're taking and integrating mm-hmm. and you are making it your own? That's how you know that you're done. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we covered everything. I did too. So then as we close, what are you grateful for? Let's practice our gratitude. Let's see. Um, I'm grateful for family and just my tribe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to jump on that bad wagon. I'm also grateful for my family, my tribe. My my aunt came up this weekend from Chicago, and it has just been really great to see her mm-hmm. and to have her just loving on my kids and mm-hmm. on my little baby. Um, y'all, she's been cleaning my house and washing nice. my dishes. So, like, stop washing stuff. Like, no, she's like, you've been at work. Let me do this. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Like, I can help. She's like, go sit down, you know. Y'all, so I'm just like, Lord, this is so good. I'm so glad. Mm-hmm. So glad she came up to bless us. But I think you're right. This is a weekend where I, too, am really grateful for family. Grateful to not be alone, to have support. Yes. Well, y'all, thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. We are so glad that you came and you heard us today. We'll be back. Um, our second episode this month is probably going to be one about mindfulness. So watch out for that. Um, it'll be a little different than normal. Um, and we hope y'all like it. I love being a black woman because being a black woman is the meaning of resilience and strength. A proud black woman that knows how to persevere, survive, and face hardships with wisdom. I love being a black woman because I get to use my hair as art. I love being a black woman because I carry a history of triumph, perseverance, and dignity.